Thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your presence. God, we thank you that you try and transform our lives into your image, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you're not far off, but you are near. You're with us. And God, we don't need to be afraid or intimidated by life or discouraged. God, because our strength is in you, you are with us. We're strong, bold, courageous, confident, Lord, because you are with us. You are with us, Lord. You are with us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we all said, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Hey, why don't you grab a seat, give someone a fist bump on the way down. Yes, and as you're going, why don't we thank our band? Our band can probably leave. Yeah, give them a big hand. Rowan here on the axe, debuting tonight. Yeah, come on. Cool. Hey. Hey, that's pretty cool. Hey. We don't often do that, but we probably should more. Hey, so I'm, I'm, I'm speaking tonight on what's the point and about purpose and about living a life of purpose. I, um, I finished school, as Teresa said, a long, 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 a long, 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 long time ago. I finished school in 1992. So um, I'm older than I look, but I'm younger than you think I am. Um, but I remember finishing school, and, and back then in the early 90s, things were kind of, it was really rough getting into, getting into college or getting into uni or whatever, and I applied for a few different things that I wanted to do. Back then, I wanted actually to be a graphic designer, and, and I applied for that, and I applied for a couple of other things as well. And uh, pretty much they said to me at that point in time, yeah, um, um, there's such a backlog, you'll have to come back next year and reapply next year because we're letting all the people in from the previous years in now. So, yeah, just go have a gap year or something. And so what I did, I went down to Bible College down in Sydney and uh, just hang out there. Is that probably actually one of the best decisions I ever made, to be honest. Um, but I, I remember in that time, God just speaking to me about purpose and what the purpose for was for my life because I kind of didn't really have a clue. I didn't actually start uni until I was probably about 25 years old and, and kind of I, I did a few different things and I really wanted to serve God. I knew that. But like outside of that, yeah, but God really spoke to me and, and just spoke to me about what his purpose for me was and what his will for me was. And hopefully as I speak out of that tonight, this will help you tonight. This will help some people out there because I've actually found this isn't an age thing. It's not just people leaving school that have a problem with this. Some, sometimes that there's 60s and 70-year-olds who have, have a problem with the purpose because we've done all this stuff and we get to a point in our life and it's like, well, what do I do now? You know what I mean? And unless you're Margaret and Ken, they don't have a problem with that. They're like, Margaret's got so much purpose and so much stuff going on, it's not funny. I read, I've got this new Bible called, called the ba actually, I, I shouldn't say it's mine, it's my wife's. And, uh, you know, I often bring my wife's Bible in along, but this one's good because it's not pink like the last one. And I won't get laughed at and teased for having a pink Bible, even though it was my wife's. But listen to this. I love this scripture, and I love this version of it, because it just kind of brings it out so perfectly. Listen to this. It's, it's in Psalm 139, 
verse 13. The guys won't have this version up there, so it's all cool. You can just kind of listen to my, the, my dulcet tones. I don't know. I think they said about Tom Jones or someone like that once. Yeah. Psalm 139, verse 13 says, You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd even seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you were thinking of me. How precious and how wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? I just wanted to read that for you. Because you know what? I don't believe for a second that we're an accident. I don't believe for a second that you're an accident. Doesn't matter your backstory, doesn't matter what's going on in your life. I do not believe for one very second that you are an accident. I don't believe that you have evolved from sludge. And if you're here this morning and heard about God and science, and, and we had a, an associate professor here speaking this morning about God and science, but I, I don't believe for a second that you somehow got lucky and evolved from sludge and that you're no different from any of the animals. I don't believe that you're no different from the monkeys and, and the giraffes and, the, you know, you, you just somehow got consciousness. I don't believe that for a second. I believe that you're designed by God. I believe that you were God breathed into your spirit and you, and, and, and you came alive. We are God breathed. We've got divine purpose. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, right, if, if we did evolve from sludge and there's no absolute and we came from nothing and we're going nowhere and at the end of this life, if I just die and that's it, right, if I just die and that's it, well, what's the point? What am I doing? What, what, what am I doing working for money? <laughs> Probably in a job I'm, I'm not too excited about. What am I doing doing half the things that I'm doing if I get to the end of my life and my life's done and that's it, complete, over, nothing, boom. I don't believe that for a second though. I believe that God's got a purpose for you. I believe that God has got a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says this. I'm there already. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, plans for good, not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. God's got plans for your life. You are created for a purpose, and I don't believe for a second that you're an accident. But like I was saying, like if the opposite's true, right, what is the point? What is the point? If God doesn't exist, what is the point? If there's no absolute or there's no creator or there's no 
nothing outside of the physical, my physical body here and now. What is the point? You know, we live in such a blessed country. We're so blessed to live in Australia. I'm an Australian by choice. I'm from New Zealand. New Zealand's almost as good as Australia, except it's cold. But you know, here now today, we actually have the best quality of life in the whole of history. In the whole of history. In Australia, we've got the longest life expectancy ever. We're, we're actually, uh, contrary to what probably the news would tell you, we're safer. We're more wealthy. We're better fed, better educated. But the funny thing is, we, we, we've got all of this stuff. We have everything, but we're never, ever satisfied, are we? We're never satisfied. I, I, I read, I actually got emailed the study this week. And, and it's actually a, a study done um, by a training organization, but they, 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 they did the study on Australians, young people aged between the age of 15 and 24. Between the age of tw- 15 and 24. And they're surveying these guys, and, and, and what they're doing is they're serving it from kind of a workplace kind of angle, trying to find out what, you know, for training and, and apprenticeships, all this kind of thing. But the, the results actually kind of startled them a little bit. And they sent the email through and the studies attached, and I read it. And the key insight was this, that Australian youth are not actually thriving. Australian youth aren't actually thriving. True. Can you believe it? We've got everything in this place. We're so blessed. We're the best we've ever got it. But Australian youth are not actually thriving. How's this? They are only slightly satisfied with their life. Australian youth aged 15 to 24 are only slightly satisfied with their life. What? Hang on a second. We live in the best country in the world. They're only slightly satisfied. In fact, they only have an average level of emotional well-being. They only have an average level of well-being. What? What? That that says to me, though, it says to me something. It's... It actually doesn't matter how much we own. It doesn't actually matter how good we've got it, how much we've got to eat, how much uh, we, we can drink on a Friday night. It doesn't actually matter how many partners we've had or how successful we are or how much stuff we've got. At the end of the day, if we get to the end of this life and it's like boom and everything's over, done, dusted, finished, what's the point? We're left thinking... Is either that or surely there's got to be more. Surely there's got to be more. It's like, and, and you know, we, we, we try and mask it all because we're on this, and, and, and you see this, it's, it's on the internet, it's on social media, it's like this endless pursuit of happiness, right? I just want to be happy. How am I going to be happy? Well, you know, no, by, by, by the stuff I'm going to have or the stuff I'm going to do. It's like we're always trying to be happy, but it doesn't actually work because having more doesn't actually equal a better life. Having more things doesn't actually equal happiness. Having more stuff, being better fed, having all of the stuff we have in Australia doesn't actually mean, you know what, I'm going to be more satisfied with life. It doesn't actually equal that. Nothing fills the hole. Nothing fills that hole. Because if it did, Australians would be happy because this is the best country in the world. It's the most blessed country in the world. But it's not the case. And it's kind of, we have this whole generation 
thinking, what's the point? And probably rightly so with the lies that they're being fed. You evolved from a monkey. You're just an animal. You're no different from the animals. But I actually believe something else. I actually believe that we're wired for purpose. We're created for a purpose and that there is a point. And if you read those scriptures, you listen to those scriptures, you know God created you for a reason. God created you for a purpose. God's got a plan for your life. And so I kind of, on my journey of like, when I was younger, trying to work out, what am I doing with my life? What's this purpose? What's the will of God for my life? I kind of, I came to the real, okay, so there's three questions that I can ask that are going to help me discover my purpose. Okay, so we're going to go through these three questions tonight. And if you're sitting there and you go, well, I don't really know what I'm doing with my life. I don't really know where I'm at. I don't know what the go is. Ask these three questions or answer these questions in yourself and you'll be on the journey to doing that. doesn't matter how old you are. First question is this. Number one, why? Good question. Why? Why? And... I'm just going to clarify this question, right? When I say why, I don't mean the Jeremy Moore why. I don't mean the Alex Fitch why. I don't mean the David Crowder why. I mean the God why. Answer the God why. Ephesians 3.11 says that the eternal purpose of God was outworked in Jesus. The eternal purpose. See, God has an eternal purpose. He's got an eternal purpose, and that is in Jesus. And you know what? Jesus is the why. Jesus is the why. If we're talking about the broader why, Jesus is the why. Jesus is the why. Knowing Jesus, he's the point. We were created to know him. We were created for a relationship with him. We were created for, and here's here's the thing, and here's the kind of extender, we were created for eternity with him. Because if you think, okay, well, what's the the overall why to my life? Why, Why? Why? Okay, you know what? Why? The answer to that, God's answer to that is, you know what? Eternity with him. And when we get that, When we answer that, we realize that God wants to give us something better than this world has to offer. See, if we're trying to find happiness and we're on this pursuit of happiness based on what this world has to offer, we're going to end up just like ripped off. God wants to give us something better than this world has to offer. God actually wants you free from serving the lower things of this world. God wants you free from being, from serving the lower things of this world. Because there's a higher purpose, and it's Him, and it's eternal. God wants you to serve the Creator, not the created. God wants to give you an eternal perspective. That is the overall why. Eternity. Eternity with Him. If I'm caught up in the here and now, if I'm caught up in stacking up that paper, earning more money, if I'm caught up in having more stuff, if I'm caught up in having more partners, because the more partners makes me feel like, you know, the more girls that I'm with makes me feel like more of a man or whatever. That stuff of this world, there's a higher level. There's a higher thing. 
God wants to give us an eternal perspective. When we get God's why, we find ourselves motivated by eternal things rather than things that won't last. Because here's the thing, the things of this world, the things of now won't last beyond that moment when we die. Honestly, honestly, if evolution, all that stuff that the world is trying to teach is true, right? And when I die, that's it. It's all over, done, dusted. Why am I chasing all the things of this world? Because they don't last on. What am I doing? It's pretty depressing when you think about it. It's pretty scary when you think about it, because what am I living for? The answer is nothing. Because the moment that I'm, there's nothingness. I cease to exist. That's scary. God wants to give us an eternal perspective. That's the why. You've heard my probably, if you've heard me speak before, you've probably heard me like talk about my glasses, right? Because... You all look really good looking when I take my glasses off. Especially fingers there. Now I'm joking because I can hardly see past the front row. When we answer this why, when we come to God and we lay down our lives and we go and say, God, I want to follow you. It's like, before we do that, I can't see Jack. But when I put these on, I see things totally differently. I see things with more clarity. I see things clearly. I see things for what they are. I see things for what they are. I see things of this world, natural things, for what they are. And then that, that, that makes me live differently. Instead of, hey, see, I'm not going to do that because it's bad. That, that's like a me why. <laughs> I'm not going to do that thing because it's bad. The God wires, no, don't do that, man, because you know what? You've got a whole eternity, and I've got a higher level for you. I've got a whole new level of, first of all, settle the why. Get an eternal perspective. Get an eternal perspective. If you look at your life and go, okay, well, my life doesn't just end at the end of 80 years if I make it that long. This is the start of eternity. That gives you a whole different perspective and a whole different way of looking at what your purpose is. Because your purpose stretches into eternity. Second thing. So that's the first thing. First question, why? Second question is, what is God's will? What's God's will? See, because we have this, this kind of broader why. But for, for my life, there's also God's will. And sometimes we can get so caught up with what's God's will for my life. What exactly does God want me to do? Now, I know God has plans for you. I know that you're going to have to make some wise decisions and get good counsel and seek God to make different decisions for stuff that you're going to do. But you know what? Above that, God has a will for you. And if you read one Colosh uh, sorry, Colossians chapter 1, we turn there right now. And this is one of my life scriptures because I love this because it just simplifies stuff so much. And it gives you a framework for your purpose. Paul says this, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him in all respects. How cool is that? Okay, so three things here. 
Number one, bearing fruit in every good work. It's God's will that you bear fruit in every good work. All right? That pleases God. That's God's will for your life, that you are fruitful in whatever you're doing. Secondly, that you increase in the knowledge of God. That you increase in the knowledge of God. Okay? Second of all. Third of all, that strengthened with all power, that's the Holy Spirit, according to His glorious might. Okay, so we're strengthened and filled with the power of God. We attain all steadfastness and patience. That's three. Steadfastness and patience. I think they're probably the version. Oh, no, they've got my version up there. Awesome. Other versions say perseverance. Other versions say long-suffering. That third one is there's a consistency, consistency about my life. You know what? I've got the why. I'm living for eternity. So you know what? I'm going to be around at the end. I'm constant. I'm not here today, gone tomorrow. I'm constant. God's will for your life involves three things. That you bear fruit. That you bear fruit. That you grow in the knowledge of God. Right? And that you stick around till the end. That's God's will. This preacher once told me this, that this kind of illustration that our life is like a painting, right? A big massive, like the Phil Pringle up there on the back thing, right? And we can paint the best picture of our life that we can. We're free to paint the best picture of our life that we can. Obviously, like I said, use wisdom, all that kind of stuff. But we are free to paint the best picture. Obviously, when you're painting a picture, you try and stay within the border, right? The Bible gives us that border. But within that, you are free to paint the best picture you can paint with what God has given you. How cool is that? What's God's will for my life? Well, my God's will doesn't revolve around whether I eat wheat bix or cornflakes. God's will for my life doesn't necessarily even revolve around whether I wear a blue shirt or a black shirt. God wants me to make wise decisions, yeah. God's going to lead me and guide me sometimes to make those decisions. But you know what? God wants me to paint the best picture that I can paint within the borders that he's given me. How cool is that? Be fruitful. Grow in the knowledge of him. And you know what? Please make it to the end. <laughs> Please make it to the end. Make a decision. You know what? I'm going to still be around when I'm 90. And we still be showing up when I'm 90, praying, reading the Bible like Dale Fuller. He's a legend. That's the will of God for your life. Sometimes we get so caught up, like we get paralysis by analysis because we're trying to analyze what God's will is. Understand the will of God. Fruitfulness. Growing in the knowledge of him and sticking around till the end. That's God's will for my life. So you know what? Everything I do, I just overlay it over the top of that. Am I being fruitful? How's my walk with God? Am I still standing? Yes, I am. I've done some dumb stuff, but I'm still standing. I'm still here. Third question is this. Okay, so we've answered the why. Hey, we've got an eternal perspective. We've sorted out, hey, God's will actually, you know, I've got, I've got a bit of freedom there to make some decisions in there. So long as I'm doing those things. The last thing how am I wired? How am I wired? How am I wired? The psalm that I, that I read earlier, I'm going to read a different version right now. Psalm 139 says this.
Verse 13 says, You formed my inner most innerward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it well. You'd be made how you are for a reason. God made you for a reason. God didn't make you like the person next to you. God didn't make us all like Jeremy. We get lots of, they'd be really bossy and telling each other what to do, but not much would get done. We are all different, and you are needed, and God put you together exactly how he wanted to put you together. If that's the case, who are we to kind of reject that? You know, people reject themselves. People hate themselves. People don't like themselves. God put you together exactly how he wanted to. Who are we to hate ourselves? How are you wired? One of the best things, and I'm going to give a plug right now to Next Step Session 3, which is next week, will help you do this. If you're struggling, you don't know how you're wired. Okay, so we're wired with four things, right? A personality, right? Spiritual giftings, right? Passions, right? Two people can have the same kind of similar personality, similar giftings, but be totally passionate about other things. What are you passionate about? And lastly, abilities. What, what, what abilities you have, natural abilities do you have, right? Personality, giftings, passion, abilities. What are those things that make you who you are? Suss out how you're wired. And you know what? If you've got to think, well, what shall I be doing with my life? Well, what are those four things? Try them. <laughs> how often do we like, oh, I don't know what to do with my life. Okay, well, well what are you passionate about? The job that you're doing should either be something that you're insanely passionate about or something that allows you to do something that you're passionately about. Otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah. Discover how you're wired. And you put these three questions together, the why, okay, so I get an eternal perspective, right? So everything I do, I'm looking at eternity. I'm making decisions based on not the here and now. I'm not chasing the here and now. I'm looking at things in eternity. I'm chasing eternity. I know God's will for my life. I want to be a fruit. I want to grow in the knowledge of him. I want to stick around to the end because I want to make it to eternity. And then I, I, I work out how I'm wired. I go and do next step session three next week. I get my personality. I work out what my giftings are. I work that out. And then out of that, I go, okay, well, maybe I'm not moving in the right direction. Maybe I just need to make a, bit, a few adjustments based on those things. You answer those three questions, I guarantee you, you're going to sort out pretty quick this whole purpose thing. It might not be like exact answers, like, hey, go and do this. But you work that stuff out. You start taking some steps. Because he, he, here's, the, here's the kind of sum up. God's purpose and, and, and God's will for your life always makes so much better sense when you look back on it. That's what I've discovered. I'm getting older, and when I was younger, I thought that I knew exactly what I was going to do with my life. And I went out and got it. But now that I'm older, I kind of look back on my life and go, well, actually, when that happened and then that happened and then this happened and God's hand was over all of that and he's brought to me where, where, where I am right now. And that takes pressure off as well because that, you know what? That means that I don't have to stress 
about the... How cool is that? How cool is that? Hey, let's pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that you loved us. God, we thank you that you created us with a purpose and a reason in mind, exactly how you wanted us. You made us. Thank you, Lord God. God, I pray that every single person here, if there is any, anyone unsure or, or stressed or, or worried or anxious about their future, Lord God, give them peace right now. Help them to understand your will. Give them the knowledge of your will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, God. God, that we would live lives that please you in every way. Thank you, Father God. Holy Spirit, fill every single one of us. In the name of Jesus, amen.